I recently went to Disneyland uh, with a couple and their two children and normally I'm a Disney soloist I go by myself because I prefer it that way but these happen to be the most well-behaved children that I've ever taken to Disneyland and it was a two-year-old and a six-month-old yes a six-month-old I'm talking she only cried when she wanted something but she was just this baby was in the moment probably more than some adults let me tell you because when we were watching the parade she looked up and she was watching all the floats go by without making a peep y'all so shout out uh james and emily because y'all are doing something great because these kids are wonderful and i will gladly babysit them anytime and i recently came to the realization at least i think i think this is the reason why i became a disney adult so, um, yeah, let's talk about it. Mi gente, welcome back to another episode of the Awful Good Podcast. I am your host, Vidi. Yes, my name is Vidi. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm feeling so sassy right now. Um, I had a doctor's appointment this morning and I went and it was just as I expected the usual gotta lose weight gotta do this gotta do that thank you doc great and i decided that i was going to take the whole day off because why would you go to a doctor's appointment in the morning and then have to go to work no absolutely not so thank you all for the response of last week's episode disconnected from the culture um i i really appreciate everything uh every download uh, all of that, I cannot stop being appreciative because um, I cherish and I value every listen that I've gotten. And this week's episode, I wanted to talk about why I'm a Disney adult and what conclusion I came to when I made that realization. Because it wasn't like something that I was actively like searching, like why am I, what, what trauma did I go through in my life to become a Disney adult? No. It was just one of those things where it just hit me out of nowhere and I'm like, huh, maybe that's why. So if you think back to your childhood, when was it that you finally felt like an adult? When was it? Was it early on? Were you 16, 17? You're like, I'm an adult. I can do whatever I want. Or was it sooner than that? Because for first generation Latinas, Latinos, Mexicans, Hispanic, doesn't matter. Uh, we have to grow up pretty fast in our culture, unfortunately. Um, and it has nothing to do with us, but it has everything to do with the generations before because that's that's what they know. You know, we learn from our parents, we learn from our grandparents because that's what they know. You know, and these generational cycles that continue to happen... Um, there's always someone in the family that's trying to break it, that's trying to, you know, save the next generations. And by God, that that happened to be me. Mm-hmm. Right here, Vidi, your resident black sheep of the family. Yes, yes, I probably am the black sheep. And you know what? I don't even care. I don't even care. Um, so, yeah, so growing up, you know, in Hawaii, it was, besides the fact that it was all different and new for me um 
moving states with people I didn't even know, you know, away from my family that was here in LA. Um, I, I tended, tended, I tend, tended, I don't know. I tend to, I kept to myself a lot, a lot. And that was one of the things that, that went with me throughout my years, because think about it. I was going to Palmdale. I was going to school in Palmdale, Desert Rose Elementary, shout out. And Miss Gorski, do we all have that one teacher that we all remember? Because my teacher, her name was Miss Gorski. She looked like I had to compare her to celebrities. She was like the rundown version of Judy Garland. No, no, not Judy Garland. Liza Minnelli. <laughs> so pull up a picture of Liza Minnelli with the short hair. That was Miss Gorski. And I loved her to death. She was amazing. And I was at that school till I was in third grade. And then that's when I moved to Hawaii. So um, I had a friend. Okay. I met this friend when I was three. Okay. Her name was Sarah. She was, she was mixed. She had these beautiful golden locks, really beautiful honey colored eyes. And she had all these freckles on her face. Um, and she was imaginary. Yes. Yes. You read that right. I had an imaginary friend who I saw through, uh, you know, those mirrors that they put behind your door. Well, my mirror was right propped up against the wall. Cause it hadn't, my dad hadn't put up put it up behind the door yet. And I manifested Sarah in that mirror. I saw her. We used to play together. And I know it sounds weird, but trust me, if you have children and they've told you about imaginary friends, believe them because I'm here to tell you, yes, I had an imaginary friend. Her name was Sarah and we used to play together. Uh, she used to hide my shoes and my mom would get mad like, where are your shoes? I'm like, Sarah, it was Sarah. She, my mom was like, nah, chingado, no, Sarah. Yeah. So in third grade, I was, we were doing a project and I remember I was doing a project on the, I, I think it was the Navajo Indians and their, their love of turquoise. And I was doing a project on turquoise and the teacher walks in and with a student and she goes, lady, like a kids, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> children, this is our new student. Uh, she's going to be with us, blah, blah, blah. And her name is Sarah. To tell you that my head shot up so fast. Because here stood this girl. Okay. She was tall. For an eight-year-old at that time. She was tall. Her name was Sarah. Okay. She had golden hair. And freckles on her face. And like these beautiful honey eyes. And to tell you that in that moment. I was like, oh my god. I manifested my friend, Sarah. She went from being invisible to this live person in front of me. I'm trying to look for my yearbook from elementary school. I don't even know if I could even call that school to get one. Um, but she was my friend and we stuck together because we were both so different at the time. Cause at that time, Palmdale was, there was a lot of, of, of white people. That was it. Um, and she was my friend. And we became friends and we stayed friends up until the time that I left. And I was so heartbroken because I never, you know, saw her again. I wouldn't even know where to look for her. I just know that her name was Sarah and that was it. So if you're listening, I miss you and I love you so much. Um, so the idea of losing a friend at that age, okay, at that age, 
I was just like, I just won't have friends. I'm really not sure what was the point of telling you that story. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Oh, because the solitude that I love now, I think it comes from from just moving from state to state, losing people in and out, and just doing shit on my own, which I love 100%. I will go to a restaurant alone. I will go to a movie by myself and Disneyland. Disneyland has always been a place that I love, 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 love. Like, you can take, I don't know if that even makes sense. Disney or the girl, you can't take the girl out of Disney. I guess it does make sense. Um, so, growing up in Hawaii, we used to travel back to LA every summer. From June to maybe August, end of July-ish, we used to come back and uh, come to LA. And at the end of the summer, my grandma and my aunt would take us to Disneyland. And it wasn't just me. It was my sister, cousins, um, my cousin Albert, who I'll talk about uh, in another episode. Uh, And it was at least, at least three, four kids and all the adults. Mind you, Disneyland was so freaking cheap. I remember we would be at the booths okay on the day of and we would get my aunt would buy the tickets and i remember one time my grandma's like oh 42 dollars oh my god the last time tickets were 35 dollars each at that time tickets were 35 dollars for children and 42 for adults okay if only Disneyland would bring back those ticket prices, that would be absolutely amazing. I digress. So these Disney trips would be the quintessential, like, the pied de resistance of my summer. And we would look forward to it. And at the same time, it was bittersweet because we knew the second we'd get to Disneyland, that meant that the time to come back home to Hawaii uh, was was inevitable like it was it was gonna happen so we enjoyed those disney days to from open till close we would watch the last show of phantasmic we would sit there front row and center watch the show and all of us kids would we would be mesmerized as tired as we were we were mesmerized and we would walk at that time, parking was in the front of Disneyland. If you've been to Disneyland recently, there's a place in between Disney and California Adventure. It's called the Esplanade. Well, right there is where the parking used to start. Disney California Adventure used to be all parking. And we would always park Pinocchio. It was maybe a couple rows in. But we would walk down Main Street, zombies, you know, as slowly as we could because we had just done a Disney day an entire 12, 13, 14 hour day. And it was just amazing. It was amazing. So, so as I mentioned with generational cycles that we tried to, that we're trying to break, um, it's tough to try to, to break that because when you're surrounded with people from older generations, that have known how to do things one way, it's really hard to get people out of that to see things in a totally different light. You know, my grandma, 
had to had to do that with her three kids. You know, she worked. She had to leave at four in the morning. And my aunt got stuck with the responsibility of having to take care of her sister with my mom and my uncle, you know. So I'm pretty sure she at a young age also had to grow up because like I mentioned earlier, being firstborn brings so much undue pressure. Like you're literally like, congratulations, you're born. You have all this pressure now for the rest of your life. Maybe not the rest of your life, but it's just this... It's like fucking encanto, like all this undue pressure that we that we have to put on ourselves. And I think the moral of the story of that movie, and this is just what I what I um, observed, is that there's so much guilt that the if you haven't watched Encanto, spoiler, the grandma that pretty much started the whole gifts. You know, she got given a gift for the family. Um, I think she, out of guilt for her being alive and her three kids being alive, um, whatever gifts that her family receives, she now is repaying that back by helping the town that they live in. And that guilt and that pressure that exists is something that I'm so glad that they made that movie because... And I implore you to watch it because it's just, it's so relatable to everybody, you know, in the Latin community, everybody, that the pressure that family puts on you to be a certain way, to think a certain way because they did, and to continue these generational cycles, it's so fucking hard to break because shit gets uncomfortable. People stop talking to you and... When you're okay with that, it doesn't even fucking matter. Not, it does not matter at all. Again, I digress. So let's get back to it. Um, I, I had to stop being a child at 12. My childhood ended at 12 years old. I, I had to be the adult. My mom went back to work and it, every responsibility was on me from 7.30 to 3.30 or three, I was a kid at school. I was 12 years old. I had to deal with being in middle school, shifting from class to class. I had to make my own memories in school, but as soon as the bell rang and I had to go pick up my sister, uh, I was in adult mode. I had to, 12 years old and my mom going back to work taught me how to run a household at 12. Some some of y'all didn't even get your periods until after that. I got mine at 10. But anyway, uh, I had to I had to run a household. And at 12 years old, uh, it was tough because I, I just wanted to be a kid. I just wanted to come home and watch MTV and call TRL. Remember TRL? And just watch music videos. And I was, you know, I'm team Backstreet Boys. Backstreet's back. All right. I'm Team Backstreet Boys. Don't come at me if you're an NSYNC fan. We can, we can, we can coexist. We can be friends, okay? We can all still be friends. Um, you know, I grew up in that era. The Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. If you wanna be with me, and that's that's what I wanted to do. I just I just wanted to be a kid, but I couldn't. And that's that's the generational cycle that was that was starting. I came home. 
And I had piles of clothes that my mom would leave notes on that said, wash this with warm water, rinse this with cold water, wash this with warm water, rinse this for 20 minutes, pull this out first, put this in the dryer, hang all of this. And after a while, I didn't need the notes. I didn't. My mom wouldn't get home until, well, she worked for a quack. She worked for like a dentist, which he was, you know, kind of high all the time. Um, so the office would be open till like, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And that's when my mom would come home. So I had to make sure that when I got home, the house was clean, that dinner was done for my dad, for my sister, that my sister did her homework, that I did my homework, that the clothes were put away, that the clothes were washed. And looking back, it's a lot of shit that you have to do. Even now as an adult, I remember <laughs> it was November. In November, I I had a mini, mini breakdown. I was, I was being a brat, but I remember I rage texted Johnny, my husband, and I said, I don't want to clean anymore. I spend all my weekend just cleaning and I don't have time to, to rest and this and that. Literally, like, just screaming through a text message. And this man, who has to put up with it, <laughs> texts me back and says... I'll look for a cleaning lady. Now, of course, after my meltdown, I was like, oh, it's okay. I can do it. Like, it's good. Like, I felt better. I was like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Like, I'll, I'll figure it out, you know? Um, and that day in November, I broke a generational cycle. And I hired a housekeeper. And to tell you that she comes every Friday and cleans my house and the amount of relief that I get when I come home and my house is clean and I don't know granted I still run the broom in my house I still you know do the in the toilet I still do stuff like that during the week but on Thursday if my stove is covered in grease it's okay because Onya Mari's gonna come and clean it bless her for coming every Friday uh, last Friday I was here and she just she came in and she just had a smile on her face she got to it I was able to go to Costco while she was here I came back and the smell of just clean and my house just sparkled and I was like thank you so much and we even like told her once like oh we don't want you to think we're lazy because just as it's me and, and Johnny and you know, she's like, no, 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 no. Like, this isn't lazy. Like, like, why are you guys going to waste your time? Clean, waste your days off cleaning when I'm here to do it. So, so did I, did I miss out on things growing up after realizing at 12 that I had to maintain a household? Sure. Um, which is why I think, which is why I think I love going to Disneyland so much, why I'm a Disney adult, um, because Disneyland was the place for me to be a kid. It was where I didn't need to worry about cleaning. I didn't need to worry about, you know, cooking. I didn't need to worry about any of that responsibility on top of maintaining my grades, you know, whatever sport I was in, um, which... I wish my parents would have kept me in tap dance and ballet because I absolutely love that. 
they put me in soccer, which, you know, I rebelled against it. Um, I didn't want to do it anymore. So we'll, I mean, we'll talk about that in another episode, but Disneyland has always been my place, my source of happiness. And it wasn't until maybe, like I mentioned earlier, a couple weeks, months ago, when I was outside playing with um, my dog, Hans. Shout out, Hans. He's my Malinois, y'all. Um, never get a Malinois unless you do your research, okay? Just the PSA. Don't get a Malinois. Don't even Google it. Don't You don't, you don't want to mess with that. But we, we have a playtime. Every day we play at 7.45. We go outside and it's his ball time. Um, and we play 15, 20 minutes during the summer. In the winter time, I can be out there for an hour, y'all. It could be 49 degrees outside and I'll be out there with my beanie, hoodie, but you know, I love the guy, love the little man to death. And yeah, so it, it was during one of these play sessions where it hit me like a ton of bricks, like a light just went off because somebody had asked me like, why do you love Disneyland so much? Like, what is it? Like, it's so expensive. And I always respond with, I just love it. I've always gone when I was a kid and you know, my grandma always, always take me and oh my God, Mickey Minnie. But when I thought about it in that moment, I was like, it's because I had to be a grown up at 12 years old. I, I said, I stopped being a kid at 12 and when we would come to LA, you know, for the summer and I went to Disneyland, it was just, I was free of any responsibility that needed to happen. I was free of having to be an adult, you know, and just, and just be a kid. And those feelings have stuck with me for this long. And there was a period of time between 18 to 30, I guess it was a long time, that I went to Disneyland here and there, but I was, for whatever reason, I was scared to even show people how much I loved it for fear of judgment, which we'll talk about in another episode. I have so many that I want to talk about, so... But for the most part, I was scared to even show people like, oh yeah, I love Disneyland. It would just be like, oh yeah, uh uh-huh, it's great. So when I finally got a pass uh, in 2015, I was gifted a pass for my birthday. Um, It just, it just ignited that love that I had for it. And it just, it made me, it made me feel good. It still makes me feel so good. Like, I don't care about purses. I don't care about fancy shoes or fancy clothes. I could give a shit. But if you pull me into World of Disney and say, get as many pair of ears and as many pair of sweaters, bitch, it is on. It is on. And now I've embraced that part of me and I don't give a shit who, who rolls their eyes every time I say I freaking love Disneyland or whenever I post up something about Disneyland or all the stories that I post up of Disneyland because Disneyland is forever going to be my place. It's forever going to be the place that I go to where it feels like someone is giving me a hug. It's, it's my place of happiness when I watch Fantasmic when I 
watch the parade and watching the fireworks at night especially during Christmas time like it's just this feeling of wonderful of bringing me back to being a kid that I couldn't experience because I had to grow up so fast are y'all keeping track of my times I cry okay <laughs> you gotta wait for me right there but okay we're back I circled back I'm good I'm fine it's great it's amazing um so so the next time that you see a Disney adult you see someone online that has such an infinity for it you know collects the ears backpacks sweaters what have you um think back to this because we're all a little fucked up in the head sometimes we're all a little fucked up in life like i've never met someone that's just perfect because perfection doesn't exist it's perfection is just a state of mind that we're constantly trying to attain to and perfection is just so not attainable that we start people can get really cray trying to seek perfection um where the fuck did that come from anyway so the next time you see my post about a new pair of ears i got or when you see that i'm counting down the days for the holidays because disneyland celebrates the holidays the best and then next time you see me purchase special event tickets for, say, Oogie Boogie Bash, or I'm already researching my next Disney day for Christmas, just know that it's not me that is excited about that. It's not me. It's not me and my 36-year-old self. It's, it's my 12-year-old self that is just so excited to experience all that to go to a place where there's no responsibility other than just to have fun um and that's i'm going to leave you with that um thank you again so much for actively listening for spreading the word for sharing for subscribing i like i mentioned last week this is very therapeutic in a way because you don't know or you don't realize your traumas in life until you talk about it with other people. I know at work, uh, shout out Erica, you know, she, I really need to put a couch in my office and lay there because when she joins me for lunch, I swear to God, it's, it's a therapy session, you know? And I remember I always message her and I'm like, I didn't realize I had this trauma until now. And (laughs) God bless her because maybe this is why I always buy a bunch of shit from her because I feel like it's it's me paying her back for um for everything that she has to listen all my fucking nonsense and uh, I'm I'm gonna start doing a a series called um small business um maybe on Sundays small business Sundays where I'll talk about a small business and she uh her and her sister uh run the account on the hunt uh, and they go and find vintage goods. And let me fucking tell you the amount of money that these broads make me spend. I say broad endearingly, okay? It's nothing bad. But the amount 
of money <laughs> that is, that I'm looking at right now in my hallway closet because for whatever reason I'm obsessed with candlestick holders and candle holders and they come up and they find these amazing pieces that I'm like I tell myself no control yourself Edie like it's fine like you don't need to buy that and then the second I see something I'm like sold sold I'll buy it so shout out to her her sister um I will put her information in the show notes if you guys want to go check out her Instagram page. Um, and I will definitely, I want to start doing that series at least on Sundays. Um, hopefully this podcast grows to where I'll be able to tell y'all to submit your small business to, um, to show support for them, you know, on my Instagram, TikTok, whatever. But for now, I just leave you with some words of wisdom. There are no words of wisdom this week. Sorry. Um, I'm all tapped out from crying. <laughs> but thank you all again for listening. Please make sure that you follow me on Instagram and TikTok. It is all under Awful Good Pod. Uh, I'm not on Facebook because that's, eh, I mean, who uses Facebook nowadays? But go ahead and follow me, rate, review, and subscribe. I really appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, go ahead and send me any DMs uh, regarding any episodes. If y'all want to talk, if y'all want to chat, y'all want to send me feedback, good, bad. I, I appreciate all of it. And I hope this episode sort of made sense so that you, so you sort of see how these generational, um, cycles still exist and how some of us, at least for me, I'm trying to break from it because the hold, that these have on you is is a lot it's a lot for anybody it was a lot for me as 12 uh, being 12 years old um and just stripping yourself of these generational cycles uh it hasn't been easy let me tell you um but at the end of the day i have to live my life the way i want to live it because i only get one we only get one people uh so again with that Thank you so much. I just hit myself on a container. It's fine. I'm surrounded by dog food and plastic bags and um, toilet paper. So yeah. So have a great weekend. Uh, stay cool. It's supposed to be hot out there. Summer is in full effect. I fucking hate it. I'm counting down the days for summer to be over because frankly, I wish I lived in the Pacific Northwest right now. Yes, where it's cold all year long. But we'll get into that. In another episode about how uh johnny's trying to move us to texas and i'm not here for it but nothing against texas but you know cali girl can't leave won't leave you're not making me all right love you all have a great weekend bye awful good